This is The Ordinary Christian Podcast, a podcast dedicated to real people like you seeking to live out your Christian faith in the ordinary aspects of everyday life. My name is Craig Thompson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm a husband, father, pastor, and writer. I hope that this podcast will help you to use the margins of your everyday life to live more intentionally for Jesus. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of The Ordinary Christian Podcast. Several months ago, when this podcast began, one of my goals was to make sure that I used it to address regular common questions that I experience in the course of pastoral ministry. Some of those are questions that I get in the hallways and and uh, in, in the parking lot of ministry, those things that don't often come to my my official roles or my official uh, opportunities as a pastor. Many of those questions, though, are those things that come to me all the time. And one of the questions I get regularly as a pastor is, how can I be sure of my salvation? How can I know for 100% that I'm a follower of Jesus? Just this week, I got an email from a church member who's uh, trying to help a friend who's struggling with that very question. And so today on this episode of the podcast, if you've ever wrestled with your salvation, if you've ever wrestled with assurance of your salvation, this podcast is for you. Now, before we get into the reasons why you can have confidence in your salvation, I want to acknowledge that there are some good reasons that a person should doubt their salvation. Uh, first and foremost is if you've never made a faith commitment to Jesus Christ, you have good reason to doubt your salvation. If there's never been a point in time in your life when you've acknowledged your sin to the Lord and cried out on to the Lord for salvation, you can rest assured that you don't belong to Jesus. And if that's where you are, I want to urge you, today can be the day of your salvation. There is hope for none of us save for the saving power of Jesus Christ. But the promise of God's Word is that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you've never made a faith commitment to Jesus, you are right to doubt your salvation. And you should recognize that immediately by turning to Christ. Secondly, if there's no evidence of saving faith in your life, you are right to doubt your salvation. <clears throat> now, uh, some, some folks spent time in a church. Maybe you spent your childhood in the church, or maybe there was a period of time in your life when you spent time uh, in the church around the things of God. But after maybe making some kind of a faith commitment, uh, perhaps having even some kind of religious experience, you find yourself 5, 10, 15 years after the fact, and there's not been any evidence that what happened in those times was actually a saving faith. There's there's nothing in your life that represents or resembles the fruit of the Spirit, as, uh, as Paul wrote about in the book of Galatians. There's nothing in your life... Uh, that 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 looks like Jesus. You don't find yourself drawn to the things of the Lord, drawn to the people of God. You don't find yourself uh, actively engaged in a local church. Uh, if there's no evidence of saving faith in your life, you are right to question your salvation. Now, am I telling you that you are not saved for sure or cannot be saved? No. I, I've got great uh, stories that, that I'm aware of in my own life of people who uh, came to Christ as children and, and for a variety of reasons perhaps never grew in Christ until they came into adulthood. It's possible that you have had a, uh, an experience with Jesus and you've not dug into that, uh, but I'm just going to be honest with you. If you don't have evidence and I mean biblical evidence, not what the world may say as a cultural Christian, but biblical evidence of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. If there's no evidence of saving faith, uh, then you are right to question your salvation, to wrestle with whether or not you actually belong to Jesus. And, and a, a third reason for why you should have, or a third good reason to doubt your salvation would be if you're living in active rebellion. 
See, I, I am burdened probably most by those who claim to be followers of Jesus, but who are actively rebelling against the things that are clearly spelled out in God's Word as what a follower of Jesus should do. If you're actively living in sinful rebellion with zero desire or intention to confess, to repent, and to change, you should doubt your salvation because a follower of Jesus looks like Jesus. And if you have zero desire to look like Jesus, you should ask the question of whether or not you belong to Jesus. Before we move on to bad reasons to doubt, I just want to remind all of you who are listening, if you have good reason to doubt your salvation, uh, you're not alone, number one. But I also want to remind you that God stands ready to hear from you. Uh, God loves you in the midst of your sin. God saves us not because of our goodness. God saves us in spite of our sin. And if you stand there today in your sin, I want you to know that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But in spite of our sin, God sent Jesus Christ in the middle of our rebellion uh, to become a perfect sacrifice for our sin. And if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Uh, He will hear from heaven and he will heal you. So I urge you today, if you're listening to this and you have good reason to doubt your salvation, uh, press pause right now. Stop this podcast. Run to God's word. Run to God in prayer and find hope and forgiveness in the arms of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross to save you and me from our sins. He died not only uh, to save us, he even died to give us assurance so that we can know that if if we were to die today that we would stand in his presence. If you'd like more information about what it is uh, to, to follow Jesus or if you'd like more information about how it is that you can find that assurance, I preached on this on Uh, This past Sunday, which I guess would have been July the 25th, um, 26th, something like that, you can find that sermon on our church website at www.malvernhill.org. But but for many of you who are listening to this, you really don't have great reasons to doubt your salvation. See, sometimes uh, that doubt comes not because there are these great reasons. Sometimes that doubt comes just as a uh, a natural part of life. We we find ourselves wrestling with the reality of something as almost unbelievable as the gospel of Jesus and the hope that's found. We often refer to the disciple Thomas as doubting Thomas. I I tend to like to think of him as honest Thomas. I I can't imagine that if I were in his shoes and if biblical writers were recording me that I would have been filled with any more faith than Thomas would have been. Thomas was very honest with Jesus about the questions that he had. So there's there's some doubt that just kind of creeps into our minds naturally as we try and wrestle with the supernatural experience of salvation. Uh, the natural tendency of our, our brains is to wrestle and to question that. Uh, there's also a spiritual warfare component to that. Uh, we know that Satan is the father of lies. Um, Jesus said that in John chapter 8, verse 44. And as the father of lies, he will often lie to God's people. And it's it's in the midst of those lies that we can begin to doubt God's love for us. We can begin to doubt even um, our confidence in in God's word and, and in God's saving power. And so, um, what are some bad reasons to doubt your salvation? Uh, First of all, if you've made a faith commitment, if there's evidence of saving faith in your life, and if you are living, actively following Jesus and actively involved in the things of God, um, there's a pretty good indications that you do belong to Christ. And so if if those things are present and active in your life, if there is evidence of God's saving work in your life, uh, then anything else that would creep in is probably a bad reason to doubt. 
And so here's some things that you can do when those doubts arise. The first thing is to confront lies with the truth. So if if the devil says that, for instance, that, that God won't hear your prayers, um, run to God's word. We, we know from God's word that God will hear our prayers. If we say that, that um, God wouldn't save us, Romans 10, 13, for instance, says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If we, if we begin to believe, if somebody says that God couldn't forgive you, we can run to 1 John 1, 9 that promises us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These are the objective truths of God's Word. Sometimes we don't feel forgiven, okay? Uh, Sometimes we don't feel saved. Sometimes we don't feel worthy of God's love. In the midst of those feelings, we have to uh, combat that those lies, those subjective feelings with the objective truths of God's word. It's possible that tomorrow morning I wake up, I may wake up and not feel married. But even if I don't feel married, the objective truth of the fact that I am married trumps anything that I feel. So I'm going to roll over in the morning and and Angel's going to be in the bed beside me and that's going to be a reminder to me that I am married. I'm going to look down and I'm going to see a ring on my finger and that's going to be a reminder to me that I'm married. If I really wanted to, I could dig through um, the records at the Greenville County Courthouse and I could see that I am married because there is a license that tells me it happened 15 years ago. So all of those things are objective truths. When we wrestle with the subjective feelings of being unsaved, it's really important that we run to the objective truths of God's Word and the objective truth of God's nature. If God is unchanging and if God's Word is unchanging, then in these moments we have to run to the things that are are, are not fleeting. Sometimes I feel a certain way not because it's true. Sometimes I feel a certain way because I ate too many tacos before I went to bed last night. Sometimes I, I, I feel a certain way just because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or I didn't sleep enough or because somebody just got on my nerves. My feelings can be influenced by so many different things. But the truths of God's Word never changes. It's always the same. So when we encounter these lies uh, or these feelings, whether they be the lies of Satan or the lies of our own flesh, we have to counter those lies with the objective truths of God's Word. Now, I do want to encourage you because sometimes when I say all those things, folks just, uh, their, their, their face just kind of drops and, and they feel sort of defeated when I urge them to do that. It's sort of, a, oh, I should have already done that. And I, uh, Listen, I, I like to tell people there's victory in the struggle. Um, the fact that you are questioning your salvation and wrestling with your salvation and desiring for that confidence in your salvation, desiring to know Christ more, there's real victory in that struggle because in that struggle, you are growing closer to God. It's it's almost never the case that we experience great growth in easy times. Instead, it's under stress and tension that we experience the greatest amount of growth in our life. If you want to go back, I did a podcast on that. I called it Barbell Christianity and the way that uh, we grow in strength under times of tension. And the same thing's true for us spiritually. It's under those times of tension that we grow the most. And so if you begin to question or to doubt your salvation, hopefully rather than driving you to despair, you will allow it to drive you to God's Word. And there in God's Word, you find hope and confidence. You can run to places like, um, I just throw out some verses right here, Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 13, John chapter 10, that whole 
chapter where Jesus talks about his sheep hearing his name and knowing his voice and and most importantly that he knows his sheep that the thief comes on to kill still and destroy right because he is the father of lies but he's come that is Jesus has come that that we may have life and have it abundantly in him and then that that's the one that's that's sort of most well known but then we we jump beyond that to uh, the later parts of John chapter 10 and there in John chapter 10 we find that great confidence that Jesus says that those whom the Father has given me are mine indeed and nobody can snatch them out of my hand. So it's it's in the midst of, of these verses of Scripture and this hope that we find uh, confidence in our salvation. Uh, sometimes Satan comes and, and he seeks to condemn us, to remind us of our past. There's a significant difference between what Satan does in condemnation and what the Holy Spirit does in conviction. In condemnation, we begin to believe that there is no hope. In conviction, we are made aware of our sins, but we are also reminded of the incredible grace and hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned, if you're feeling separated from God's love, you can have a pretty, pretty good confidence that that's not coming from the Lord. He is not seeking to condemn you, but instead to convict you of your sin and to bring you into a deeper and closer walk and relationship with Him. Um, so so if, if you're doubting your salvation today, or if you ever have doubted your salvation, if you know somebody in your life that's doubting their salvation, let me urge you, don't, don't drown in despair. Uh, God loves you regardless of how you may feel. Your feelings do not determine God's character, His nature, or His activity, and they certainly do not determine God's willingness to cling to you. If we have a confidence that God saves us in spite of our sin, then we can also have this confidence that God holds on to us in spite of our ability to cling to Him. I'm going to finish up right here. Uh, one of the, the great, one of the, the, the worst diseases that I, I believe our world sees. Is, is dementia and Alzheimer's and, and, and other diseases that affect the brain that way. Um, you know, as it progresses, uh, those folks that are affected by that disease can sometimes forget even their loved ones. And I'll, I'll never forget my, my father-in-law um, battled that and, and, and ultimately uh, died with that disease. But the great confidence that I had for him, I, I didn't know that as that it, whether or not as that disease progressed, that it would get to a place where he could potentially forget his Lord. Um, but the great confidence I had based in John 10 and other, other verses and other chapters like it is that even if he had forgotten the Lord, I had this great confidence that the Lord would never forget him. And that same truth is true for you today. Uh, regardless of what may come, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. So if you've doubted your salvation, listen, there may be a good reason. If you've never made a faith commitment to Christ, if there's no evidence of salvation in your life, then I urge you run to Jesus today. But if you have made a faith commitment, and if there's evidence of saving faith in your life, then let me urge you to run to God's Word and to find hope and confidence to, to reject the, the, the lies that Satan may bring, maybe even the lies that your own flesh may bring, and instead to cling to the objective truths of God's Word and the objective truth and reality of God's nature and to trust in God's provision and care for you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. I hope that you will use the information in this podcast to encourage you to love Jesus in the ordinary aspects of your daily life. Jesus surrounded himself with very ordinary people who made a difference in the world because of their Savior. You can make a difference too. If you would like to read more of my writings or find other podcasts, 
You can find information about me on my website at www.craigthompson.org. For information about Malvern Hill Baptist Church and sermons from our church, you can go to our website at www.malvernhill.org. Until next time, use the ordinary margins of your life to make an extraordinary difference in the world around you.